0: Today we're going to be talking about putting God in his place in our friendships. Uh, over the last couple years, I've had the opportunity to make a lot of friends. Um, I've had to have the opportunity to make a lot of friends. I, uh, Having been in Breckenridge, Minnesota for six years and moving to the Twin Cities, making friends um, at work, at two new jobs, working at Bethel Christian Fellowship, getting to know a lot of you, Um, working at T-Mobile in West St. Paul, getting to know friends there. Then a few weeks ago, um, I moved in my other job. I moved to a different spot, and I'm at a different store with a whole other set of people, and I'm meeting them, and I'm becoming friends with them. And then um, my neighbors, where we live, having lived in two different places now in the Twin Cities, um, making friends with my neighbors. And it's, it's always an interesting experience making friends, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Some some of you are looking at me like I don't I don't really care. <laughs> I I'm okay without friends or I'm good with the friends I have. But when you're uprooted and you, you're moved from one place to another and you're at a place where you don't have friends, you've got to learn to make friends, and you've got to got to go through that whole process. So some of you might be here today and you've already got all the friends you want, and you're like you're feeling I'm pretty good. I got the friends I need. I'm set. But what does it mean to put God first in our friendship or to put him in his place? And I know you guys are all very intelligent people, so you're already, you already know the end of the story. You already know where this message is going. Uh, you're like, probably like me when I watch movies. Sarah and I were watching a, a movie the other day, a, a Santa Claus type movie for kids that had a puppy in it. And it was for my daughter because, you know, she's watching the puppy and she's like, oh, puppy. And that was pretty much all she got out of the movie was, puppy. But during the movie, the movie starts for about five minutes into it and I look at Sarah i was like, you want me to tell you the end? Because it was really easy and predictable. So you guys are probably sitting here. Some of you may have turned to the other person and gone like, you want me to tell you the end? <laughs> you want me to tell you where this is going? So I'll skip all that and I'll go straight there. Um, putting God in his place in our friendships it would be putting God at the center of our friendships. Putting God at the very core of our friendships and not not as, as another piece of our life. And some of us have, have our friends divided into categories. We've got our church friends, our work friends, and our other friends, Facebook friends, and we don't let them touch. It's like the people that eat food and don't let the food touch on the plate. It's like, don't mix them, because... You know, honestly, sometimes we're a little bit different around the different friends, so we don't want those friends to mix. But what would it look like if we integrated our friends and just looked at them as a whole, friends as a whole, relationships as a whole? What would it look like for God to be at the center? So I skipped that whole, what, what could the center possibly be? Well, let's talk about what it would look like if God was at the center of our relationships. And I found a bunch of spots in the Bible that talk about that. I mean, the great commandment, Jesus tells us to love God with everything that we are, and then he tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So I believe that relationships and good friendships are actually God's idea. He wants us to have good relationships. He wants us to have good friendships. So I think we have to start out by, by recognizing that good relationships are God's idea. The Bible's full of examples of good relationships. It's also full of examples of bad relationships. So you can we can study and we can learn from those things, but I want to take us today to one passage in particular, there were a bunch, but one passage in particular, in Romans chapter 12, that tells us some things about what it might look like if God was at the center of our relationships, if he was at the center of our friendships. So first, love God with everything that we are, then love our neighbor as ourselves, If we look at the whole of the Bible, it basically says that we can't do one completely without doing the other. I can't actually love my neighbor as myself if I'm not loving God first. I can't truly love God, John says, if we say we love God but we don't love our neighbor, we're liars. So it's really important to being a follower of Jesus Christ to actually understand and walk in this relationship of loving our neighbors or our friends. It's really interesting that the, the concept of neighbor that Jesus was talking about covers more than just our friends. So I'm going to look at Romans chapter 12. If you would with me, um, once you have Romans chapter 12, I want to invite you to stand. And if you don't have Romans chapter 12, go ahead and stand anyway. That's okay. Stretch. And let's let's honor the Word of God by standing. And also let's let's read this together. You may have different versions. So I'm going to be reading out of the NIV and we're going to read 9 through 21 but i want us to start in verse 1 so if you can look at verse 1 Romans 12:1 and 2 says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good Pleasing and perfect will. So, this, what we're about to look at in verses 9 through 21, this is in view of God's mercy, which we were just singing about, as a response to God's mercy. Verse 9 Your love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit, that you would open up our ears to hear what you want us to hear today so that we can be who you want us to be and do what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So this whole passage is talking about how we should live, in view of God's mercy, this is how we should live. If we are loving God and experiencing His love, this is how we should live. And this, I really believe, if we do these things, it will change our relationships. It will affect how we make friends and how we keep friends. It will impact every part of your relationships, even those who aren't friends, even your enemies, or your frenemies from Facebook. You know, they, they ask to follow you and you're like, well, if I, ah, I can't say no, but I don't want to say yes. You know, those people too. This can affect every part of your life. So loving our neighbor, loving our friends, loving our enemies is a response to God's mercy in our life. So when we love our friends as ourselves, we will, looking at this passage, when we love our friends as ourselves, we will first just coming out of this passage that we just read, will hate what is evil, will cling to what is good. we Will seek to do good instead of evil with those people. So hate what is evil, cling to what is good. It's not talking about doing good, but that word there is like being joined to good. It's not like I want to do good, but I'm going to be joined to what is good and not not just um, not liking evil. It doesn't say don't do evil. It's hate it, abhor it. Reject it. Cling to what is good. So imagine if you did that in your relationships. What would that look like? Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I love that part there, because it it does free you from some responsibility there. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Because it, it recognizes the fact that not... Everyone is going to like you. As much as you may think you're very likable, and I may think I'm very likable, not everyone is going to, but as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Then it moves into an area of blessing instead of cursing. It says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So it comes from an attitude of seeking to do good to people, not evil. There's a choice I make that to be joined with good, not out of my own goodness, but because I'm experiencing the mercy of God. Out of of a response of His mercy in me, goodness begins to flow towards people, and I begin to choose to do good and not evil to them. So that when they curse me, when they mistreat me, when they say bad things about me behind my back, my response, what flows out, is a blessing and not a curse. It's not a. It's a blessing that comes out. And it's not out of how good I am or trying harder, but it's in response or in view of God's mercy. That flows out. It begins to naturally happen. So seek to do good, not evil. When we love our friends as we love ourselves, we seek to do good, not evil, which requires experiencing God's love and his goodness. When we seek to love our friends as we love ourselves, we are devoted and not detached in our relationships. So, Sam, where do you get that from? Well, I get that from verse 10 where it says, Be devoted to one another in love. It's crazy. It's actually right there. Um, It says... Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So living in harmony, musically, when when the notes on a piano are in harmony, they sound good. They complement each other. But when it's not in harmony or it's in disharmony, it sounds horrible. And you guys, you guys pick up on that. I mean, we all do. You hear something and you go like, "What is that? What are they singing?" Sometimes I will, I will mow the lawn or rake, or the other day, I, I think I was raking leaves. I actually managed to get all my leaves in a pile right before it snowed, so they're all covered in snow. That'll be fun in the springtime. But I'm, I'm raking, and I've got headphones in. And apparently, like, three neighbors walked by, said hi to me. I missed it all. And my wife's like, hey, they were trying to say hi. I'm like, I didn't even see them. So note to self, when I'm picking up those piles, I will not have headphones in my ears so that I can talk to my neighbors. It's crazy. So I will do those things with headphones in, and I'm harmonizing to the music, which sounds horrible. I don't know if you've ever heard somebody harmonize when you can't hear what they're harmonizing to. <laughs> horrible. So Sarah will get on my case all the time. But if, I'm, if I'm walking around with headphones on and I'm harmonizing, she's like, you're off-key. I'm going like, no, I'm not. I'm harmonizing. But when you can't hear what you're harmonizing to, it's not really a compliment to anything. Living in harmony with one another would be seeking to complement one another. Not seeking to do my own thing that just, I think sounds good. I think this works. It's my idea. I think this will work good. But seeking to go, how can I complement that? Like musically going, like that's in the key of G, so how can I complement that? Uh, living in harmony. Not being too proud to associate with other people. So when, I walk, when you walk in a room, I'm not going like, who's cool? Them. I'm going to go hang out with them. I'm going to meet that person. They look like they're cool. But not being, not being too proud. I don't know if you guys have ever had the experience where somebody that in your mind isn't cool, and which it, in this whole room it varies completely what's defined as cool. I mean, we have the broadest spectrum what we define as cool. But in your mind, that person that, that approaches you isn't cool. You've probably had that experience. And, and you're just kind of like, okay, I'll talk to them, I'll chit-chat a little bit, but we're not going to start a long-lasting relationship here. We're not going to be friends. I'm just going to like, be a little bit detached and distant. I'll keep you at arm's length, talk to you a little bit. But I'm not going to get close to you because in my mind I don't think you're cool. But it's saying, don't be too proud to associate with people that you would consider of more humble position. They may be looking at you going like, I know they're not cool, but I'm going to be good here, and I'm going to reach out and and love them. It's possible. So in your mind, don't consider yourself too proud in making friends and in keeping friends to associate with people of lower position. Love must be sincere, it says in verse 9. That means don't wear masks in relationships. Hypocrisy of, how you doing? I'm good. When you're really not. Or, I don't know if you guys have seen like, the fake hugs. Right? Like, hey, good to see you. You know? Love must be sincere, not fake. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. You have to, in order to mourn with those who mourn, a lot of us can do that, right? But to be happy for somebody who is succeeding takes a little bit more. Because if I rejoice with with your success, that might mean I'm not succeeding. The other day, um, I worked selling cell phones, and there was this contest. And I was talking with, with, with one of the coworkers that I just met um on how we could strategize to win this contest. Basically the person who sold the most of a certain thing would win. And I said, you know what? We could what we could do is anytime I have somebody come up and and, and want to buy that, I'll send them to you. And then you can send me people that aren't buying that. And then you can win that thing. And he's really looking at me like, What? So you you don't want to win. I'm like, I don't really care. I know I, I don't have a shot because I'm a part timer, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get that much, that many sales in that amount of time. So if they're gonna buy that, I'll send them to you. You send me people who are doing something else, and we'll, we'll trade. That way you can win. But he he didn't believe me. Thank you. Um, so we didn't we didn't ef- affect the trade. <laughs> but that would be rejoicing with somebody who rejoices. Like, I've had days. Is there anybody here in retail? Sales? All right, where where anybody in some kind of a job where your job depends on how much people how much business people give you? Okay. I've had days where I'm at work, I don't make a dime. It seems like everybody that walks in the door has a problem, they come and see me. It's almost like I put up a sign in front of my little kiosk desk thing that says, solutions, (laughs) tech support, bill inquiries, and everybody else is doing good. It's tough to rejoice with those who rejoice. They're going like, i got another one. Yeah. I'm like, yay. Woo. Way to go. It's hard to rejoice with those who rejoice, but it says something when you do. I'm not saying like I, I rejoice with those who rejoice all the time. Sometimes it's like, oh man, I wish I could have done that. But when we rejoice with those who rejoice, we begin to open up, and, and, and mourn with those who mourn, we begin to open up the lines of communication for an authentic, for a genuine relationship. This whole thing of of being devoted to relationships means committed to relationships. It means committed to loving. It means... I'm going to take the steps required for there to be authenticity and openness between us. I'm not going to wear masks. I'm going to be devoted to you and not detached. Um, well, We'll get to that in a little bit. I'll, go, I'll get back to this. All right. So loving our friends as we love ourselves requires authenticity, vulnerability, and commitment. When we love our friends as we love ourselves, we will seek to be giving and not getting. You guys have um, probably heard that the only way to have a friend is to be a friend. You've got to give first. Jesus, uh, God modeled that for us in Jesus. He gave to begin the relationship. Um, if I can find the quote here. You know those quotes are always good if you can find them. Well, I think I'll find it near the end. I'll come back to it. I'll be like, hey, I've remembered it. Dale Carnegie said, You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. It's amazing what barriers fall in terms of making friends when you begin to give. And you look at the friendship as how can, I, how can I give? How can I bless you? It says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. You guys may have heard the, um, the Latin proverb that says, a friend in need is a friend indeed. When you see a need to meet it, <clears throat> that is being a friend that is putting God at the center. I see a need, I meet it. I'm putting God at the center. When you do that, God's at the center of your relationships. When you practice hospitality, and it's really important there, it says practice hospitality, not feel hospitable, but practice it. Do it. Find some kind of a rhythm in your life where you practice this regularly. Opening up your home, opening up your life to people. Practice this. You will have tons of friends if you do these things. You will have more friends than you want. You will be overwhelmed by the amount of friends that you can have. But God doesn't just want us to have a lot of friends for the sake of having a lot of friends. But as we do these things, we are showing people the love of Christ, not just in the church, but outside of the church. There's like several hundred people here. I don't know how many hundred people there are here, but if we... Turn around and we not only show these kind of relationships and these friendships in the church, but we're inviting people into this kind of friendship where we genuinely love them. Not, I want to love you so that you will come to Jesus. Um, But I want to love you because that's what's happening inside of me. I'm responding to God's mercy and all I can do is love. And these are some ways I want to do that. I want to give you honor instead of getting honor. Honor one another above yourselves. So I'm going to look for opportunities to showcase, showcase what, you, what, what you're doing. I'm going to look for opportunities to honor you. You know, it's not just in the church, and it's not just believers that know how to do this. People write business books about, about this. I have a, one of my managers that I worked with did an amazing job of whenever he saw something good that somebody did, he would honor that. And he actually said, give honor where honor is due, and I'm going like, that's biblical. Yeah. But he would see somebody do something good, and he would honor that. He's like, you did really good, and he would like, ah, trumpet it out, and everybody would let people know this was good. He would honor them. But for me, for you, honoring honoring others above above myself, what would that look like? In my friendships. I'll let you think about it because we'll come back to it. Giving and not getting means blessing those who persecute you. It means feeding those who even feeding those who are in need, even if they're your enemies. Meeting one of their needs, even if they're your enemy. Now that doesn't sound like tons of fun, right? No one's signing up for that one. We're going to, last, last week on Monday, we, um, I was able to go and be a part of the King's Banquet with Trinity Works. And I was able to help there. And what we were doing, we were honoring other people. We were honoring those who were homeless and poor in the Twin Cities. Right? But imagine if we threw a banquet and we said, invite the people who hate you. Maybe that's a good idea for the next one. Um, Invite the people at work or your neighbors, your frenemies, those people that don't really like you, and let's honor them. That'd be insane. They might not come. Because they don't like you. So why would they come? But, finding ways and finding opportunities to honor them. It's crazy, but it's in the Bible, so it might just work. Another thing about Giving and not getting would be not to repay evil for evil. It would be to forgive other people. Instead of getting vengeance, which is what this passage right here is talking about, don't look for revenge. Instead of me, my focus being on I'm going to get vengeance because you said this or you did that, I'm going to find a way to embarrass you like you embarrassed me. It becomes I'm going to give forgiveness. I'm going to give to you. I'm not going to look to get vengeance. Here are some more passages for you note-takers and, um, and researchers if you want to go look up other places that pretty much say the same thing in the Bible. You can jot these down. It's all through the Bible, different ways that we are called to demonstrate agape love in relationships. So my question for you today is this. Is God at the center of your relationships? Is God at the center of your friendships in this way? Is this your response to God's mercy? Or is your response to God's mercy enjoying His mercy? I'm just going to come and receive more. Or is there something flowing out that it begins to affect all of your friendships? You know the ones that are on that plate that you don't let touch? Like the vegetables and the mashed potatoes and the turkey? My church friend's my work friends my neighbors my facebook friends all of them began to be affected by the response in my heart to god's mercy so i wanted to i mean this passage covers like a, a lot of different things but i wanted to make it really simple what are what what are some three main main areas in this passage that it's talking about So are you seeking to do good and not evil in your relationships? Are you living at peace with everyone? Like if you stopped right now, we just stopped everything. And you said, am I at peace with everyone in my life? In everything that I have control over, am I doing what it takes to make peace? In what I have control over. As far as it depends on you. That person at work that seems to always be trying to mess things up for you or trying to step in the spotlight and get all the credit for your work? Am I doing what it takes to live at peace? Am I seeking to bless them and not curse them? You know, once they they step in the spotlight and they take all the credit for what you did, do you walk away going like, God, strike them with lightning. I did have a moment once where... um, no, no, where I actually saw this happen, it was crazy. It kind of freaked me out, and I said, and I decided not to pray those kind of things again. But uh, I, was, I was snowboarding, and I, I was teaching this other kid, this, this little kid how to snowboard, and we're snowboarding, and we're going really slow, and like, okay, here's how you do it. Lean back and forth, okay, we're getting it. And this little, like, I don't know, 10-year-old on skis. You guys have probably seen them. They make movies about kids like that. And he's like, yeah, you know, skiing down the slope and like spraying snow everywhere, and the kid falls down. The kid I'm helping, and this other kid that's on his skis is like, <laughs> sprays him with snow and laughs, and, and like keeps going down the down the slope. And I'm like, God judge him. <laughs> he wipes. <laughs> I confess, I prayed that, and it happened, and it kind of freaked me out. I wouldn't suggest it. You know, you're walking away from that time that your friend, you know, your 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 co-worker showed you up in work, and you're like. God judge him. Don't do that. It says bless them instead of cursing them. Don't do what I did. I'm sure the consequences would be much worse than a kid falling over. Are you finding ways to care for them? Are you finding ways to help them? Like I walk up to some coworkers sometimes and be like, Is there anything I can do to help you? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what? No? Leave me alone. <laughs> but it's opened up opportunities to become friends. As whenever there was an opportunity, they said, oh, yeah, can you go grab this for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. You go get it. You begin to serve other people. Friendships can begin. You begin to seek to do good to them. You begin to be devoted to them. Like your friends, there was a guy that said, if I had to make a choice between betraying my friend or betraying my country, I pray that I would have enough courage to betray my country. Now, I'm not suggesting once again that you go betray your country, but are you that devoted to your friends that you would say, I'm going to stand with you? Or are you kind of at arm's length so it's easy to let go? It's like, uh, yeah, we're friends. We're friends. You do something crazy, I'm out of here though. Are you devoted? Is there transparency in your relationships? Is there openness? Do you know that they can talk to you? Do they know that they can talk to you about anything? Do you know that... You can talk to them about anything. And obviously, it's not going to be like that with every friend. But there's still varying levels of devotion that you can have. There are certain friends that you're going to be devoted to in a certain way, and other friends you're going to be devoted to where you would trust your life to them. But it's a willingness to be open to relationships. All right. Um, Winnie the Pooh All right. once said, how many of you are familiar with Winnie the Pooh? My daughter's into into bears, so I'm familiar with Winnie the Pooh now. But Winnie the Pooh once said, you can't stay in your corner of the forest waiting for others to come to you. You have to go to them sometimes. So in the pursuit of friendships, and in the pursuit of putting God at the center of our friendships and honoring other people and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, and when we do that, we're putting God at the center of our relationships, are you seeking to give or are you seeking to get? In your relationships on the on the previous note are you willing to associate with people that are lower than lower than you lower maybe it's an intern at your job maybe you're 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 up a couple ranks and an interns there are you willing to talk to an intern well they're just an intern maybe you're the intern and it's somebody else that you're like oh well they're not they're not important they won't help me get ahead in this company are you willing to associate with and, and, and spend time with and care about other people? <sighs> when you're giving and not getting, you would be asking questions like this. Tell me about yourself. What's, and as you're, as you're getting to know them, you'll find out what's important to them, what really matters. You're willing to give of your time, you're willing to give of your resources, Um, I've been blessed by having friends who have been willing to give of their resources. They find out about a need in my life, and they won't go like, well, let's pray about that need. They'll actually go meet the need. Now I'm kind of scared to tell them about more needs in my life. But when you hear a need, do you go like, well, I don't know if that's something I can do without. I know I got an extra one, but... I might need that someday. When you hear your friend needs whatever it is, do you go, I might need that someday? Or do you go, hey, I don't need it right now. Here you go. Or even better, do you say, I kind of need this, but I want to bless my friend. I want to give. I can live without this. They obviously need it at this point in their life. God calls all of us to live in such good lives, it says in one of those scriptures I put up on the wall, such good lives in the world that it will silence those who speak against us in all of our relationships. You know, I've heard it said that some people don't know Christ because they don't know a Christian. And other people don't know Christ because they do. which puts a lot of responsibility on us as friends. To be the friend that people would say, this person is my friend, and because of that, I came to know Christ. Because of how they lived as friends. Not because they were trying to convert me, but because this is how they lived as friends. Not just with other Christians, but they extended and they opened themselves up like that to me in relationship. That's my my desire, my challenge for you, to be like, I want to live in such a way that my friends would say, I know Christ because I know this person. Not, yeah, I know about Christ, I know a Christian. Yeah, not going to do what they did, because I know that Christian. But that as a response to God's mercy, we live in such a way with all of our friends that we are glorifying God, that we are honoring God in our relationships. And in so doing, by loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, we're putting God in his place in our relationships. And I'll just go back to where we started. It it, it starts with what what Jesus said, to love God with everything that we are, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. It has to be first loving God with everything that we are or we won't be able to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We won't be able to do these things, but it flows naturally. It's a response to God's mercy. And it's an amazing thing when relationships and friendships are operating on this level in the church, but then outside of the church to the impact it can have. When people know that, hey, this friendship is real. What we have is real. It's meaningful. Some people might come up to you one day and say, hey, you know what? I really like you. You know why I like you? Because you didn't think you were better than me. You know, I really like you because that one time I did this to you, you moved on and you didn't make it a big deal and you still treated me good because of that, besides that. And suddenly something starts to to happen it's like, I like that person. That people would say, I like you. I like what you have. There's something different about you because you're looking for opportunities to give instead of opportunities to get. Not just in the relationship, but just in general. They're seeing they're seeing you, and they're seeing they're seeing somebody who's looking. How can I help? How can I do? How can I encourage you? It doesn't have to be with money. It doesn't have to be with you know getting them a promotion instead of you. It can be with simple things, as as simple as as conversation. It can be as simple as asking questions and being the listener instead of being the talker. Those of us who speak for part of our living, it's really easy to be talkers. Some of you present things for for work and some of you do what I do and you speak. It's really easy to be the talker. It's hard for me and I have to remind myself to listen. And not just be the listening like, uh uh-huh, 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 but active listening. Where you're asking questions like, oh, how'd that happen? What do you mean by that? But when we do that, we're saying to the other people, you're important. I care about you. And for some of you, it comes naturally to do that. And for others like myself, I have to remind myself, Sam, you are talking way too much. Be quiet. Ask a question. And maybe that's you today. Maybe that's what you need to walk away from here with. It's just, I need to start just asking more questions and stop talking as much. And, be, and by doing so, I'm learning to give to others instead of getting their attention. I'm giving them mine. But God wants us to live as as believers, as light in the world, doing good, not evil, devoted to our friends, not detached. And I want to pray with you now if it's okay. I don't know if uh, if, I think the worship team's coming up and they're going to be doing a closing us in worship but where you're at if you want to bow your head and I want to pray with you. Maybe today um, God's challenge to you, God's encouragement to you is to, to, to make a choice to receive and experience his mercy in your life today. Maybe there are things you're carrying around on your shoulders that you haven't allowed his mercy to come and take take over. Maybe because of not experiencing His mercy, you're not showing this kind of love to others. Maybe today, God's challenge to you and God's encouragement is for you to, to make a choice. I'm going to do good when I, when I have the opportunity. I'm going to bless when I have the opportunity to curse. Maybe your choice today is to make a decision in some relationships that you're in to, to be devoted to those relationships, to make a commitment to those relationships to live in openness and honesty and authenticity in those relationships and sincere love. Maybe today it's a a matter of making a choice to be a giver and not a getter in relationships. Giving blessings, giving forgiveness, giving attention, giving time. But I want to encourage you, whatever it is, pray with me. God, you know our hearts, you know what's going on, you know where we're at in our friendships. You know what we need to do. You know where what, what what the next step is. You know what you're calling us to. God, I pray that we would experience your mercy today. We would experience your grace. We would experience your love. And out of that experience of your love would flow this, this love for others as you have loved us. God, you love us so much. I ask that you would help us to take the opportunity to love others as we love ourselves. In every area of our lives, Lord, I pray right now as we sing these songs, you would be putting on our hearts the different things or the different ways that we can begin to demonstrate your love to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen.